Hello, Unruffled listeners. So we have produced a year's worth of content and have approximately 125,000 downloads to date. We can hardly believe it. We would like to give you, our listeners, the opportunity to help us continue to put out quality, meaningful content, but we have a big ask. We are both mothers and creative soulmates. We are multi-passionate and have many projects going on at once and feel like this is the right time to ask for some support. We talk a lot on our show about valuing your creative work and it's time we walk our talk. This is where you come in. So we've set up a Patreon account and your generous Patreon donations will help us to pay for hosting fees, better equipment, and assist us in our dedication to keep showing up here every week. In the future, we hope to take our show on the road and offer creative workshops in select cities across the United States, maybe even interview a few of our guests in person. In order to make any of this happen, we foresee the need to generate some revenue from the show. We believe that our listeners want to support us, so we're hoping that you can help us make these dreams become a reality. Our ask isn't huge. We're some sensible girls, right? We're really just asking for a dollar pledge per episode. That's $4 a month, less than a large decaf vanilla latte from Starbucks. A total steal, if you ask me. We'd love to offer some perks in the future, but first we need to get this campaign off the ground. We can circle back and check with you all later in the year to see what, if any, perks sound good to you. And we're just so grateful for our listeners, and we hope that we continue to earn your support. You can find our campaign on patreon.com backslash the unruffled podcast. Thanks, guys. The recovery revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffled Podcast, episode 54. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hey, Sandra. Good morning, Tammy. How's it going over there? It is going well, actually. I did things this morning to set myself up for a good day, and it worked. Oh, good. I know we have this time difference between us, so it's already so much later, a couple hours later for you. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's not even morning here anymore, but um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I did some things this morning, and I'm having, it just settled me down. Good. I, I was having a little anxiety this week, and I got all right-headed oh good yeah yeah I'm kind of I'm off of my anxiety I had a I had several a weekend full of it which you know what really quickly I'm going to share here I reached out to our unruffled Facebook page on Friday night when I was having a rough night so grateful for that space I haven't even responded to everybody yet I mean I did in a general way um, but I saw your comment like the next day when you saw it and so helpful really helpful. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say like, if people want some feedback or having a situation that they're struggling with alcohol, um, of course we are a creativity, um, 
you know, we talk about creativity and recovery. We talk about both there. And I know a lot of creative things have been shared, but there's definitely a network of women there that are there that are supporting one another that I find really very, very important. Very. Yeah. If you need a lifeline and you have no one else to call or, or even if you do, you, you throw it out there. You will most definitely get it all the uh, probably an immediate response. Yeah, I did. I did Friday and it yeah. was it was tough. And for, part of me with my whole mantra of grace over drama is trying to pick when those situations, you know, is this being dramatic? Am I like going to go and tell like 350 women about, you know, I'm stressed out because of this drinking situation at my house before a dinner party. But then I was like, no, that's the tool. That's what I keep preaching. I need to practice. Yeah. I need to practice yeah. what I'm saying. That is what the space is for. Again, right. we do try to stay in the solution of things. And that's what I was met with solutions from people mm-hmm. um, or, or me too's or that's got to be rough. It was so lovely. And I didn't solve the problem that night. Um, it took me about 48 hours to figure out um, my part in things. Um, but because I had a, a rough night, Friday night, by Sunday, I had this really beautiful conversation with my husband, really open. And we came to the decision, or I came to the decision, and, and he concurred, I'm not going to have alcohol at my dinner parties anymore. Good. Yeah. I felt like that was a really big, I read your comments, Sandra, and I thought sure about it. And yeah. Yeah. And I think for the whole time I've been sober, I've been trying to... You know, I'm the one that's sober. It's not everybody, not, not everybody else has to deal with my problem. And I'm going to go ahead and provide it. And, you know, it's, it's my deal, not theirs. But it was leaving me unsettled. Mm-hmm. And um, I realized I didn't react as strongly Friday as I probably would have if I hadn't had the support of the group, if I hadn't used some tools. But by Sunday, that fourth step that I worked, you know, when you write down, you know, the resentment and the cause of things and the, the fourth column of, what is my part in this? Mm-hmm. My part is that I create dinner parties <laughs> that I then resent. That's right. not that's not fun for anybody, Sandra. <laughs> I imagine. What can you ch- What can you change? What can you I know, change? What are, the, what are the parts that you can change? Totally. Yeah, you can either a stop having dinner parties or b have the dinner party that you want to have. Yeah, and your comment kind of I really meditated on that on Saturday and Sunday, and. I think I came to terms that I haven't been brave enough or willing enough to say what I really, really want because I was afraid I wouldn't be met. And when I was met by my husband, he was like, well, you just have to let people know that's what you're doing. Like this, he's like, why don't you get into mocktails more? Why don't you said you want to do that? Why don't you figure that out? Why don't you make that? So it's kind of, you know, fun or, and I was like, ah, it's slippery slope for me too, but okay. I, I can think about that, but something had to change. Yeah. And I felt I felt so much better by Sunday, and my anxiety finally started going away um, by Monday. It was like, okay, I did something different. I went outside of my comfort zone. And talking to the group on Friday night, I did a little video because I didn't have time to even type because people were arriving like any minute. Anyhow, I just want to say I really appreciate um, all of our listeners and all of the people who made a comment that night. I just really, it really helped. Yeah. I, and it's yeah. available. For everyone. Yeah, it's available for everyone. Yes, I would love to reiterate that as well. I went there, you know, with something that I was sad about a couple of weeks ago and felt just really held and supported. And um, it's definitely what the group's for. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. I mean, 
you know, we have this magical place on the internet. (laughs) We should all use it. Yeah. So if anybody wants to join our secret Facebook group, it's not visible to anybody else on Facebook, if you're not familiar with the concept. And you just need to friend Sandra or myself on Facebook and say, hey, I'd love to be part of your unruffled Facebook page, and we'll add you. And um, you can comment uh, or not can read what people are saying and or you can share if you feel inclined to Um, it is a really it's a safe place to do so and I found I found just I found like a solution and that was that was really really um what I needed this weekend so yeah yeah and I'm sure everybody heard at the beginning of our show the um patreon page that we created and so we're excited about that, too. So we don't want to beat you over the head with it, but we will be doing some asks. Um, you know, you'll be hearing about it on the show. So thank you for indulging us. Yes, thank you for indulging us. We won't make you listen to it f- until the re- end of time. But <laughs> right. We may, you may be listening to it the next couple of episodes. So yeah. really, we really appreciate it. Yeah. So we should jump into um, introducing our guest, my girl yes. crush. I totally yes. have a girl crush Sweet. on Amanda Grace. I'm, well, same. Uh, same. Same. Yeah. So uh, let's start. Let's start. Um, uh, I'll start her bio, if that's all right with okay, you. Sure. Um, uh, Amanda Grace, if you guys don't know her, she is in our secret Facebook group, and she's a very talented soul. Um, she is an Irish artist, uh, a pilgrim soul. A creative guide for women on the road to self-recovery. Amanda's greatness lies in her experience and ability to facilitate authentic, raw self-expression. We talk about that a lot on the interview. Um, And she calls the creative process a vehicle for all you know and an oracle for all you have yet to know. Mm-hmm. Women who work with Amanda can expect a deep, messy dive into self-discovery, expression, and care to experience the transformative power of process, playfulness, and the nurturing of potential, and to emerge with creative self-empowerment and insight. Yeah, and she delivers online learning and creative personal development, teaches her raw visual journaling process in person, and facilitates an online Facebook community, Pilgrims on Deck. And she lives in the wild Atlantic Way on the northwest coast of Ireland with her husband, Kat, and I and a dog who ironically is a doodle. <laughs> Yeah, and you can find Amanda Grace. Um, she has a website, www.amandagrace.ie. Um, she has that Facebook community, Tammy, that you just mentioned called The Pilgrim Soul. And it is a public Facebook community, correct? Is, am I right about that? I'm um, in it, but I, I don't think sure. it's secret. I don't think it's secret. Okay, I'm not it, sure either. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I don't think it's a secret Facebook group. I think you can actually Google it and it'll come up. Okay. And then her Instagram is uh, Amanda J. Grace. Amanda J. Grace. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I'm looking here. It, it's, um, well, it might, it, it's a closed group. It's closed. So different than secret. secret. It's closed. Right. Like, like people would know that you're in it, but they can't see what you're putting if they were to search for you on Facebook, I guess. Is that how that works? I 
Thank you. <laughs> Am I making stuff I'm up not, now? <laughs> I, maybe. I'm not positive. I know that there's a difference. So. Yeah. Secret, I think no one can search and say, like when I search for the Unruffled podcast on Facebook, you can't find it. Doesn't it doesn't come up. Yeah. Right, right, right. It's top secret. Yeah. I think when you search for a closed group, um, you can find it, but you have to ask to join. And you may or may not be able to see who's a member of that group. So I think closed is different than secret. We really should have looked that up before, but, <laughs> and, um, let's see. Yeah. I think that's it. We, we had a lovely talk. It's long. It's lovely. Make time, long, but we're not going to apologize mm -mm. for it. So not at all. Chunks if you have to, but you're going to want to listen to the whole thing. Yeah. And, um, the question that we, that we did, we forgot to ask Amanda while we were interviewing her was what number enneagram she is she talks about the enneagram as part of her process and so i feel like we need to share our enneagram right. numbers <laughs> so but she identifies as a four <laughs> yeah she identifies as a four sandra do you share care to share yours oh i go between a seven and a nine okay i'm i'm i don't know if they're wings of each other or I'm, i don't know enough about it me either, yeah, except for I've I... I've taken the test a hundred times, and I, I'm, <laughs> I'm both. I'm a seven. Sometimes I'm a seven, sometimes I'm a nine. Okay, and I'm a three-two, and again, I'm not sure of the wings because I've only taken the test once, so I'd have to look that up again. But um, because I wasn't versed in the Enneagram, I didn't I didn't have a place to ask questions about it on there, but she does share um, she does share that in the yeah. interview, so I wanted to let yeah, you guys know that if you were curious. Um, all right, so I think that's okay. it. We could have gone on talking to her for hours and hours, and so I hope you guys get a lot out of this. Check out her work. She is prolific and inspiring and um, been a great teacher to me. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, you guys enjoy Amanda. Good morning, Amanda. Uh, hello, Tommy. Hello, Amanda. Hi, Hi it's, it's not morning. It's not morning for you, though, is it? That would not be a proper greeting. <laughs> no, I didn't even. Uh, no, no, don't even worry about it. It's uh, <laughs> afternoon. It's late afternoon here. It's four after four. Okay. Well, yeah. tell tell everybody where you're at, so our listeners know where you're, you know, well, talking to us from. Yeah, right now I am sitting at my kitchen table and that is in, a, I'm in a house in a beautiful part of Sligo, which is on the northwest coast of Ireland. I am literally a stone's throw away from the, you might know or have heard of the Wild Atlantic Way. Mm -hmm. So um, I have, you know, I have that on one side of me and on the other side of me I have uh, the beautiful Dartry mountain range. So I am in good company. You, how, yes. And how long have you been there? Uh, I've only been here since September. Um, before that, I was I, I was living up um, over the border in Enniskillen for three years. And then <laughs> if I was to give you the um, my geographic, um, actually, now that I mentioned that, uh, your, your series, your geographic painting series, I so get that, Tammy, you know, like, because I have had about 20 addresses in the last 10 years. So... <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, your Instagram stories are beautiful of just being able to see where yeah. you live, where 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 you were living um before September, just how you take a walk with your dog. I mean, it was just amazing. It's nice oh, to be able to see it, yeah. It's one of the things I enjoy. I really love to live in places that inspire me and also I really I I love showing them off. I just, you know, cuz it 
I can't get enough of it and um, it, it gives me a lot of satisfaction to, you know, to be a, a tour guide. You know? Well, I love that you don't take your environment for granted either. I mean, you you express that it is is just as magical of a, of a place as it looks to me anyway. I mean, I'm very drawn to where you are right now. It's so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And do you know what's funny, though? Um, you could you could hear people here kind of, you know, especially somebody like me. I'm, I'm what you would call an implant. I'm never from anywhere. So everywhere mm-hmm. I go, I end up meeting locals and they'd be like, like what? what? Like, what are you doing here? Like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think to myself, oh, my God, you're just, you're just so blind to it. Like, you're just so closed off. Like, I can always tell that that saddens me. I don't get that. I don't get how. Um, it's just not how I experience things and I'm really into my environment I I draw a lot from it it's very important to me so the Ireland you're seeing I've heard somebody else describing it as she said um, one of my Instagram stories she replied and she said that's the Ireland I saw through your eyes Mm. when I was there because that's you know it's I know where to look I think Mm. you know not everybody sees it yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know what it is exactly. I can't put my finger on it. What it is exactly about Ireland that just seems so magical to me. It it's like one at one part it's so ancient. It feels so old, but then yet it's just covered in this bright green landscape that just feels like a renewal or something. Um yeah. I think I said to you it's because you're a writer. Yeah, you're probably Mm. a bit of a poet as well. And Ireland specializes in seducing writers. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's it's working on me. (laughs) Oh, I like that. It's it's full of aliveness is is the thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I want to I definitely want to ask you and and jump into your story. But really quickly, I wanted to just share um, with our listeners um, how I came to know you. Yeah. And please jump in at any point. But I, I really quickly just want to say, like, I love the Internet and I love social media and I love how we can connect with people because how we initially met was just that you mailed me a letter from mm-hmm. a friend that purchased um, the letter from you. And yeah. we could talk about the letter pods. Um, I want to get to that in the interview, too. But I received this beautiful um, letter in the mail that um, I have it right here. And it was just my name, and then it just said, carry me with love to the ray of light that is Tammy Solace. And it was this yeah. very unique package that showed up with um, circles drawn around my name, kind of haphazardly, you know, with red and white, and there was this black foundation. Anyhow, it was the most magical package to receive, and I was like, who sent me this? You know, like, what? Where did oh this came from Ireland? Okay, so I took it in my bag and went to go have tea. And I open up this package and it says, Before you start reading, grab a cup of tea. And I'm like, Oh, I already did that. I'm okay. (laughs) But I was so intrigued. I was so intrigued. So um, that was my first introduction to you. I didn't know you, but a friend had purchased this letter pod from you to deliver to me as a gift. And she had no idea the gift she gave me, actually, because I've become quite smitten with your work and with you as a person. And this is it was just magical. So thank thank you. you 
Tani, yeah. and the, do you know that works two ways? You know, I think of it often, and you know what the real irony there is is that the, our mutual friend at that time was not online herself. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Like no Facebook, yeah. no social media, nothing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. she was here, in, and I met her in Ireland, and so she, yes, she went. We kept in touch by email, and and she sent you the package or whatever, but um. You know, just just as I said to you before, that it's, it's like um, I don't know how we ended up in each other's lives, but you know, and I just want to reflect back to you that you know, as much as I may have inspired you, it you know, it's you are giving so much back over here. So there's some sort of a mirroring happening between us, and hmm. yeah, I've called you my my recovery angel. That's sweet. Thank you. Well, your your work that 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 letter that found me at the right time, and I and I told you this when we were chatting separately. But I just was like, I felt like you wrote that letter to me. I really thought it was an original letter that you wrote, and I was like, this woman has taken all this time. She doesn't even know me because I didn't fully know what it was that I was receiving. Um, but I imagine that a lot of people, um, you know, feel that way when they receive your work. And, um, yeah. yeah. And so, so that was our first initial, I do want to talk about the letter pod, um, in a little bit so we can dig into that more, but I just wanted to say like that connection and how women, you know, how my friend Aaron, who I worked with 15 years ago at a law firm, who's like mm-hmm. my creative soulmate too, her and I have kept in touch. And that is like a, a strong bond that we share how she connected me to you. Right. Yeah. And then I got one of your letter pods for Sandra And I knew Sandra would love it. And I just, I keep seeing this kind of like connection, connection, connection. And you're in the unruffled, you know, our tribe where where you're connecting with all the other people that are listening to the show. So I don't know, it's just pretty magical to me. And and your work is very magical. And that's what I, I love it. I love it a lot. I love it a lot. Um, But so that, so before we keep jumping, I feel like I just jumped ahead, but I thought maybe our listeners, you can, um, you know, share with them what your understanding um, of recovery is, and then maybe how that understanding led you to quit drinking, if you wouldn't mind sharing that with our listeners. Yeah. Okay. So I was, I was trying to figure out, you know, where, where does, where does the story start, which is quite a difficult one, because it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's just not linear at all. But I suppose um, I, have I stopped drinking last June? Um, so I have been, um, yeah, I have been off the drink now for ten months, and also the cigarettes. But what I have um, understood about, I suppose, my what the path that led me there actually began in two thousand and ten was where I first came in into contact with the idea that there was something about me in need of recovery. And um, Mm. it began as a recovery of more than anything else, because in 2010, um, I found myself in therapy, um, sitting in a therapist's chair, like literally not able to speak for the tears coming out of me. You know, one of those like, stupid cry you know that sometimes, like just <laughs> mm-hmm. awful awful yeah. cry snot mm-hmm. like, and everything oh my yeah. god primal and it's just like you know 
so like and therapy like I'm paying somebody to watch me cry you know mm-hmm. yeah so anyway um what had happened at the time was you know I was coming to the end of my first marriage it was just kind of like um it was just a matter of owning it then at that stage it was over like um and also I was just completely out of control with with food and drink and everything else like I was just shoving everything I could down my neck and um I had reached a point of uh, I can't remember what it was in pounds but it's like 18 stone here in Ireland like I was quite big and I was really humiliated I was really embarrassed about that and I kind of like I I was that session that I ended up in was supposed to have been a couple's session I was supposed to be there with my husband um I was actually supposed to be in a different therapist's office with my husband at the time and just over the Christmas period everything just disintegrated and it was like we weren't even going to therapy now at this stage. So I, at the very last minute, changed therapists and I ended up in her chair and I kind of diagnosed myself as the problem. You know, I was like, my life is fucked and my marriage is, everything is on the rocks and it's all because of me. It's all because I'm just wrong and I'm, you know, I look at me and I'm, I'm this. And I was carrying the weight of it all, literally and mm. um, emotionally, you know. Um, and I, I couldn't kind of, I couldn't articulate what it was. So there was a couple of things that I said to her. One of the things was, I said to her that, you know, in trying to diagnose myself, I said, you know, there, it's like as if I said to her, like self-esteem, like low self-esteem would be an improvement on where I'm at. Like mm-hmm. I, whatever it is about self-esteem, there's a deficit there. I don't, I don't have any. And worse than that, I seem to have the opposite, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing was I had, and this is where I, I suppose my, my use of um, symbolism kind of, my use of language as a metaphor, I suppose, comes in. I could only describe a couple of scenarios to her. And one of them was, I feel like I'm just like, behind a pane of glass like there's a pane of glass between me and the rest of the world and I'm just not making contact it's just I'm not connecting you know I'm just I I can see it I I can see everything going on around me I but I'm not a participant you know that Mm. kind of a way like it was like I was walled off um so the this kind of me trying to articulate my experience and I went in at the level of you know, uh, you know, this is because I can't stop eating. You know, it was like, that was what I was hanging everything on. I was hanging it all on the fact that, um, you know, I'm basically, um, you know, I'm fat, basically, is what's wrong with me. You know, that kind of a way. Like, it, was, I, mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't that, do you know, that kind of way. But it was like, I'm just, I'm just such, I'm such a failure and, and look at me kind of a thing. But what I came to understand my my therapist helped me understand was that it wasn't a lack of self-esteem that it was actually that I had no sense of self at all Mm. um and that made it so much sense because like I had nobody I had nothing to refer to I had no kind of internal um reference point like I one of the things I remember about being in that state was um when I would go out to a restaurant and and the menu like it was 
nobody knew what was going on with me, but like, just I could not make a decision on the menu because, like, I didn't know what part of me would know that. You know, like I didn't even know what I wanted to eat. Mm. I I wouldn't know if I was hungry. I wouldn't know. I just did not know. And so my decisions were kind of like, what will I eat in terms of like, well, I have to eat something that will make me not stand out. You know, so like I can't have the salad because look at me and everybody will say, oh, there's look at her fooling herself over there eating a salad, you know, and um and then I couldn't have the burger because somebody would look at me and go, oh, my God, she could totally do without that burger. So do you know that kind of way? That's how I was living. So you're creating a story for everything. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Everything. Is just like what, it's exhausting. It was. That, exhausting. Yeah, it is, sounds exhausting. Like you yeah. can't even go have lunch without it being completely examined. Yeah. Oh, my God. Nothing. And, and also I couldn't make a decision like I. There was no decisions being made in terms of, you know, what I actually, you know, what I think. It was all, Mm -hmm. what can I eat here or order here that will control what they think, Mm -hmm. you know? So um, that was, uh, yeah, I was kind of, I was living from the outside in, really, is what was happening. And... Is that where, I'm sorry to interrupt, is that where drinking came in to kind of dull that story or push out that story? Or was that a thing at the time or was it just the food that was the focus of the story you were telling yourself? Yeah, at the time it was mostly about the food because that was the thing I couldn't hide Mm -hmm. uh, because I was wearing it. Do you know what I mean? Like physically. Mm -hmm. I was just like expanding at the rate of knots. And like, um, like I had a couple of years before that I had lost like 98 pounds. And I, you know, now it was all back on and more. And I was just like so humiliated because when I lost all that weight beforehand, it was a really weird thing that happened to me because I, I lost 98 pounds only to just go over. I still hate myself, you know, and it was like, it was such a shock. Um, and it was such a destructive weight loss. Like it was totally unsustainable that um, I had, you know, I had these rules in place and it was just like, you know, it was like I, I was having these weekly binges because I would make it from week to week uh, on basically just, you know, like water and uh, you know, grams of food here and there. And then one, and, and I was in training as well. I had a personal trainer and I would only eat, you know, I, I, I would blow up then once a week. I would just explode. Like I would, I would go from the gym to McDonald's drive through and I would eat in the car, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a lot of, just a lot of madness going on. So I was fixated on the food part of it. Now, the drink part of it wasn't necessarily obvious to me because I had been drinking since I was 14 Um, and I had been drinking since I was 14 like not just I had a drink at 14 like I I drank to the point of you know either passing out or puking at the age of 14 and that's the way I kept going that was how you learned how to drink oh yeah that's just how it was well you're in Ireland Ireland there's a huge drinking culture in Ireland right 
Oh yeah, so it's yeah. totally normal. Like what mm-hmm. I was doing, like this is how you actually do it. Like you're, if you if you don't fall down, like it was, you know, it didn't really stand out to me uh, because we were all doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, at least everyone in my <laughs> around me. Um, but yeah, so I I was always that kind of a drinker. Like I never just had a drink or a few drinks or something like that. Like it was, you know, like uh, it wasn't over until I, it, it had to be, you know, that kind of a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, so, yeah. yeah. So the drinking thing, um, was always there, but it was always, you know, it was good when it was good and it was bad when it was bad kind of thing. Like it was, I was always a party animal, but like, um, the parties were great crack and I had a lot of fun over the years. Well, I look at it back now and I'll say, was that really fun? But like, I did have a lot of fun. But then there were times when, you know, if I, especially when the emotional stuff uh, was was up with me, that I would just end up in in terrible situations, you know, and, and dangerous situations. Uh, so, you know, like um, one of the one of the episodes of oh, there were many, but like there was one night, um, and again, this is around the time towards the end of my marriage, and I basically didn't come out of my house for two years in the, in the, in those last two years. And I was, you know, I was hiding because of all the weight gain and I couldn't, and and my marriage was, you know, it was bad and it was visibly bad. Like you could feel it off us. It was just like, it was, um, it was, what you call that palpable. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had, I had all this shame about me and my appearance and, um, my marriage, I had shame around that. So I was just kind of like um, hiding away in the house, drinking on my own a lot. And uh, one night I fell down the stairs oh. and that, that stuff started to happen, you know, that kind of a way. Like I, mm-hmm. I, ended, up, I ended up getting injured uh, a good few times in, um, in those years and arrested. And, and you had to look at, had to look at yourself in a, in a, in a new way, right? I mean, that's kind of, it like ups the ante a little bit of what's going on. You're like, okay, you're like next level of what am I doing yeah, to myself and why am I doing this to myself? Yeah. And you know, what was really funny, uh, not funny, sorry. Um, Around this time, like, again, I wasn't, no, I would have been in my journals questioning my drinking at this mm-hmm. stage and it would have been coming up in my therapy. Mm-hmm. It would have been coming up that, you know, I, you know, I, I, I drank too much because I, I would, I was a, a remorseful drinker, you know, because hello, like shame is my game, you know, so mm-hmm. like, yeah, um, remorse. So there was a lot of remorse being reported, but there was no behavioral change. Like there wasn't, there was no way I wasn't going to drink. Um, so going through my, the end of my marriage and all that. And, um, at, at one point I had this, um, you know, when, when I, when the words finally came out of my mouth that I was done, you know, like I'm, I'm out of here. It's, it's over. Um, something lifted and I kind of, I came out of the black hole I had been in, you know? So I had a kind of a recovery there from depression really. Um, so that was a process through, through which I was recovering a, a sense of self. Um, and it was all very much recovering a sense of self as in like, making a decision, um, having an opinion, um, you know, allowing myself to be creative, you know, reclaiming my creative identity, 
um, and things like that. And then I was also introduced to the concept of self-care at that time. And this is 2010. And my, my counselor would ask every single week, she'd say, you know, what, what was your, you know, how's your self-care this week? And back then, my self-care was intervening between me and myself. <laughs> you know, the way it was like not calling myself an asshole today. That was my self-care. Hmm. Like it was it wasn't, you know, have a bath, get sleep, feed myself wet. Like that was not my self-care. It was very basic, like how you talk to yourself, how you, how you, yeah, how you talk yeah. to yourself. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, because I was starting from a deficit, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, um, sometimes I think to myself, because when I was preparing for today and I was like, you know, how do I, how do I tell a story that, that, that I, you know, that could go on and around in circles and all the way back and that and and also I was confronted with the fact that you know like I'm eight years into a, a recovery process like and it, have I made any progress at all um like how can somebody be eight years into something and still struggling you know like it's kind of it's a weird a weird thing but you know I, I am learning more as I go and you're aware like how much awareness you have of 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 it though I think that I know that's major progression it is I have a lot of awareness and you know at times uh I look at my cat and I think oh, god I just want to be you you know like, <laughs> right I now I'm aware of all the ways in which I am you know fucked right so, <laughs> anyways <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, Amanda, but yes, uh, we get it. Is what we're saying. Like, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe I'd be doing better if I was just ignorant. You know, right? Um, um, but also, it's like I, I, I'm desperate not to. I, I am desperate for recovery. You know, and mm-hmm. this is what I'm saying when I'm about like this understanding of recovery. So I, I have to work with that too. I have to work with the fact that I entered into this as a person who did not know. could not make a decision between Rice Krispies and cornflakes like couldn't just that was too much that was way too much and that's where I started Um, and the the progression from there um, was going quite well and then I had a bit of a relapse two years ago I'll I'll tell you about that in a second but but there's something that I I forgot to mention Um, I can trace this back to about five years of age right um, at five years of age, I, uh, I had a little, uh, I had a friend, you know, and, and I still don't know if this is a memory. I don't think it's a memory. I think it, I don't know what it is, but as far back as I can remember, I remember wanting to be my friend and I want, I remember wanting to be like all these other people in my life because I had this question all the time. It was like, what is it like to know me? You know, I had this curiosity. I wanted to see myself from the outside and I wanted to know myself from the outside and experience like I wanted to know what it was like to be Emma and have Amanda, you know, this friend called Amanda. Mm -hmm. I wanted Mm -hmm. to know that. And I have always thought of that as a curiosity. I thought it was just me being curious. But what I only just recently understood when I say recently, I mean the last year or two is that that actually wasn't a curiosity. It was an insecurity mm-hmm. Be- because 
the question wasn't what is it like to meet me it was am i okay right by you right and are we okay and do you love me and do you like me and do you approve of me and who am i so i was always outsourcing that i was Mm -hmm. always outsourcing the who of i of me to other people so i you know i kind of grew i've always had that startled reaction to life because you can imagine going through life with the power of of your definition like who you are as a person always being in other people's hands yeah you don't feel safe you don't feel secure you don't you feel un like you feel other right you're not you're not in your own your own body your own mind it's and like i said earlier it's so much work to live that way amanda that that's Mm, um i I think i think your story is going to resonate with many you've just taken me back to childhood so i I imagine um maybe you know to different degrees people who are listening are probably going to really identify with that i don't think you're alone no i'm not and and you know um i've only just recently come across um i've only just recently come across the enneagram now I came across it years ago, but I was like, oh, that's just a horoscope. Get away from me with that thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, I have just started to look into it again. I just started to. Fo- and, and what I'm understanding now is that uh, this is a kind of a personality type. You know, it's it's a thing. It's a shared experience. It's, it is a universal thing. And there are certain people who fall into it. It's like. It, it has given me a bit of comfort to know that really what it is, it's a lens through which I see the world. And that lens, a, a big feature of that experience is not having a sense of self and not having a solid sense of identity. And um, it actually is giving me relief right now to know that it's not, you know, that that is not something that is unique to me. It's just, it's not what I am, it's what I do as a personality mm-hmm. type, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. getting so comfortable in that. I, I Now I realize that a lot of the scary experience, like a lot of the experience, way I've been experiencing life is through a lens. Well, there's your and, pane of glass too. Like there's the, that, that, that ties into what you said earlier. Yes. And do you know, when I look back at my writings and I look back at my journals and things like that, I see how before I was aware of any of this as theory or as a thing that I was always articulating the experience really bang on. Hmm. And that brings me to like, that is my superpower, like is I can put a shape on experience, you know, and you do it really well. thank you and it's you you know it's something yeah it's just one of one of the things and also part of that that personality type it's it's you know um it's it's what we do well you know we are interpreters of experience um so there's that and then two years ago um yeah I had a bit of a relapse so everything was going fine as in like I was out of depression and I was living this new me life and everything was you know, I was kind of like, I couldn't believe my luck, you know, that kind of way, because I became, I was becoming the artist I always suppressed. And now I, and I met my, my now husband and he was like, he had all the qualities that I could have wanted in a man. And I just couldn't believe my luck. And, um, 
two years ago, um, I had uh, a miscarriage and it, it literally just took the, it took the wind out of my sails. It really knocked me. Um, it really knocked me and it triggered a lot of the old stuff, you know, mm. like where I should have had, where I should have applied self-care. I was just like, I went back into self-loathing. I went back into comfort eating. I went all the way back to self-abandonment um, mm. during that, that period. And I had a second miscarriage the following year, which was last year. So in uh, May of last year, I was just about to start my raw workshops. I had just had my second uh, miscarriage and I was, I, you know, I was depressed and, and I just wasn't coping very well. And that's when, that's when this part of the recovery arrived. Mm. I, you know, it was like, I, which is really strange to me because it's like, I thought I was in recovery mm-hmm. and, and then life just kind of threw something up. And then it brought me into this part of recovery, which is, you know, um, it's, it's introducing me to the concept of sobriety. Mm-hmm. And what I'm understanding now is that, you know, sobriety is not about abstinence. Right. I don't think. Mm, it could be looked at that way if one wants to. Well, right. that's it. I mean, yeah. And but, I'm, yeah. What I'm realizing is, yeah, it's not just a case of you stop drinking and all your problems go away. Just like you you don't just lose 98 pounds and all your problems go away. Yeah. Or you don't just move and all your problems go yes. away. Or you, yeah, all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm in this other phase now of recovery. So I've, I've gone through this process of, you know, re- um, recovery of, recovery of a self from this, like, experience of of um life as you know outsourced power and Mm -hmm. and now it's like a recovery from all the ways in which i coped with that (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know because i coped yeah i just i was coping with that experience with all the things the food the drink and and do you feel go ahead oh go ahead no, no, I was just going to say quickly that I cannot remember who defined addiction as a lost sense of self. I was just actually trying to Google it real quick, but I'm, it's going to make me too distracted. But someone defined addiction as that, as a lost sense of self. And, um, and that uh, is, is so true, right? Because when we are in recovery, we are trying to relocate ourselves or locate ourselves for the first time even like you said you experienced those feelings when you were so young um the other thing was i was going to say was it's such an overused term for me that like i almost sometimes lose the definition of it but codependence is that that is the true definition of that i think is outsourcing your validation Mm-hmm. Um, it was Nikki Myers I have here in this notebook, Sandra, when I saw her, she recovers. I, I wrote down, she said, codependency is the root of all addiction. It right. is the disease of the lost self. It yes. is the disease of looking elsewhere. 
Right. And and I don't know if somebody else said it too, but I wrote that down, and that's why I could quickly grab that because it oh, it was so you. powerful. Yeah. It was so yeah. powerful. Right. Um, and that's exactly that's exactly it. So you know, I often thought that that term meant that um, I that some someone was um, you know constantly thinking of other people besides themselves. But that's not just that's not the entire definition of it. It's it's completely losing your identity and and then sourcing your identity through other people. Um, and it's that is a lot. It's a lot to unpack, but we all have to unpack that in different degrees. I think mm. it's like my my okayness yeah. is reliance on your okayness with exactly. me and yeah. the world around you and everything else. So it's like it is. Do you know what it is? It's like um, it's reverse responsibility. It's like taking responsibility for everything in life except yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, know, like all the things I can't control, I'm going to just take responsibility <laughs> for that. <laughs> right. Or try to control them. Right. I, I'm going to I'm going to take responsibility and then I'm going to try to control the universe to be exactly how it, so that I'll feel safe. Absolutely, and, and, yeah. Yeah. It's just totally coping. We just want to feel safe. And how can I do that? Even though that's not super productive and I don't always feel safe when I do that, even still, it is kind of like this routine or this habit that we just keep doing over and over and over again even though it doesn't work. And, you know, that's, that's nuts. You know, it just, it's, it's doesn't feel good. It's just never, it's never the solution. Yeah. We say stuck. Well, and I have to have to say, Amanda, for somebody who, who feels, um, as you describe such a lost sense of self, you certainly have a way of, of presenting yourself on the page. Um, uh. Yeah, I can see exactly who you. Uh, oh my gosh, I think I'm gonna cry for a minute. Mm. Um, I can see exactly who you are through your art journals. Um, I know that woman, mm. and um, if that's a way, if that's the only way that you can channel your sense of self, then that's a beautiful way to do it. Mm. It's like you found a solution. Well, do you know how that happened was um, I and thank you, Sandra, it, because it is true and it is, you know, I I would be I would be lost without my journals and I've had them for a very long time. You know, I've I, I have I figured this out as a teenager, this whole using, you know, finding other finding containers, you know, like um, as a teenager, I. You know, I poured myself into song lyrics. I poured myself into songs I wrote. I, I poured myself into poetry. I poured myself into, you know, what I would have called, you know, I wouldn't have called it art, but like I was designing postcards. I was making art, um, you know, kind of, I thought I was doing it illegally, you know, that kind of a way. Like, like, <laughs> I wasn't an artist. So I was like, I had this like illegal sketchbook. Um, but I... Like, I always had that, um, I don't know what it was, that instinct to go to the page. And how 
this, um, I had a really wonderful therapist who, in getting to know me through the snots and tears that time, you know, she was like, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself and, you know, what do you like to do? Because here we are now trying to figure out, you know, how do I, where, where do I consult? Where within me can I consult about the dinner situation, you know, about what to have mm-hmm. for dinner? Thing. So she's trying to say to me you know what tell me what you do like to do and, and blah 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 so I happen I'm like I, I'm struggling to find things and blah, blah blah but I just really casually because this is what I did I really casually threw in there that I had you know recorded a song for this CD um blah 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 and I just skipped over it you know I just I just just threw it in hope you know it's like you know that kind of a way when you're trying to sneak this when you're being an illegal artist you're like, oh, I have this sketchbook, but also I have this other thing, you know, like, um, so she, she was like, back it up, back it up, hold on, <laughs> what? <laughs> You're a songwriter? And I was like, yeah, but, you know, like, you know, nobody's ever heard, I'm like, I'm not going to do anything with them kind of a thing, but she's like, hold on, hold on, let's just stay there for a second. And so she's trying to pin me down to talk about this creative self who is writing songs. Um, and and I'm like shrugging it off as if it's nothing. And she's like, um, hello, do you realize that not everybody goes around? Like, not everybody can write songs, Amanda. And I, I had brought her, I brought her in the music. This is over the coming weeks. She's now wants to know about this part of me. And I brought her in some of my music and she's just like, um, hello, you know, and I can't see it because I'm there. I'm so busy dismissing it that I'm embarrassed now almost with her um, wanting for it to be acknowledged. Yeah. You know, that kind of way, her, her, her validation. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so what she starts to do is she starts to work with me creatively because she was trained as a creative facilitator. So she introduces me to the sand tray. And the sand tray... <laughs> I'll get upset now, but... Mm. She introduced me to the sand tray. And... Um... That question that I had been asking since I was like a little girl about, you know, what's it like to meet me? And, and you know, I, I, it was answered in the sand tray because once I got down on my hands and knees and I started to place myself in the tray, I was able to speak mm-hmm. and I was able to speak fluently. I was able to tell my story in the tray, like really profoundly and because I just have that language. I yeah, I speak the language of experience, experiential self. My experiential self is quite fluent. Yeah. Some, as, you know, when I know, when I tap into her, that experience, you know? Yeah. So that was really, really profound. And that's where I started to change, to go from outside in to inside out. Um, and the... I realize now that the songs, the sand tray, the journal, they're all containers. They, they are my containers and they are the places that I can speak mm, yeah. and, that I, and that I can listen. And they're just, they're my, what would you say? They're, they're my ground. Like it's just. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely your language. That's. It, yeah. It, yeah. Well, well, like those letters, Amanda, when I thought you were writing them to me. You're writing them to yourself, right? It's that thing again, Tammy. You know, it's like I'm I'm dipping in. 
Mm. And I'm, I'm speaking from that place that, you know, as it turns out, is a universal one. You know, so when, when you get a letter from me, most people would say to me, are you like, how did you get into my head like that? Mm-hmm. And yeah. what I realize, what I know now is that when I'm writing, I can write from the personal and the universal at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. You have, you have a gift. I mean, so when, when, when I was reading your letters as, so I got one from a friend and then when I subscribed, I was getting them and it was something I looked forward to all month. And when I would get these letters in the mail, I didn't always open them immediately. I had to kind of, it almost became like a, like church or something. I'm going to have a little ritual. I'm going to have this quiet time to read this and absorb what you're saying but I knew it was almost like um we were dating um you may not have known this (laughs) but (laughs) it was like I was getting to know you through your words and I didn't know your story I kind of gathered that you had had a miscarriage um from something Mm. in the letters had revealed that to me in a way or that I had uh, made that assumption um Mm. but I knew from the first letter that you were in recovery from something which yeah. I know kind of we all are. I don't know to what degree or to what depth, but when I got that first letter, it immediately like seared into me that I, I get this person. And that, mm. that is a talent that you have um, for, for people. I'm sure that even, and especially I imagine if people take your in-person workshops like that, you just have a gift um, and then you share it in a way that you're giving it away um, to teach and to like let other people learn how you do that. I don't think anybody can do it like you do it, obviously, right? This is your, that is your art. But I kind of find that there's so much beauty in how you keep letting this um, unfold and, and kind of, you know, you're, you're connecting it to other people who are going, I want what she has. I want what Amanda, I want that container in my yeah. own way. You know, it'll never right. be like yours. Well, it's it's when you when you find a solution or something that that helps you works for you, it's hard not to share that as mm. you know as as an option for someone else. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Can you tell back up a minute and tell our listeners what the letter pod is because I, um, yes. now we've mentioned it a couple of times. Mm. Okay, so what the letter pod was because I I. I did stop doing it, but you know, I was only, I, I, I may do it, start again. But mm-hmm. anyway, what it was, was it was a monthly subscription. So you subscribe um, to this. You, you could either get one at a time or you could sign up for a three month or a six month or a year long subscription. And so you, every month you would get a letter from me. And that letter was um, written like that, what we're saying from that place of experience. So something is going on within me or I'm figuring something because, because yes, I am a person in recovery. And so I'm kind of reflecting on all that comes up for a woman in recovery. And as you know, it's like every day, it's it can't, like, it's like, you know, the, even in the drive-through, there's something, you know, like there's mm-hmm. no hiding from this. Um, so I, I kind of, I write a, a letter sharing that and, um, it really is an invitation then for you to kind of like have a thought about, God, what would I have done in that? To, or does that, is that true for me or whatever it is? But along with it, I'm giving you a prompt 
um, to go and reflect and explore and create based on this um, reflection. But also it, it comes in a little package and the package is designed for the whole package to be speaking from this place. And this place means like when, when you work symbolically, um, so when you are at your journal or your sand tray or anything like that, when you bring yourself to that place, let's say the page, I'm going to call it the page. When you bring yourself to the page um, with an emotional honesty, something very magical happens. And that is that you start, that emotional honesty is... Um, it's kind of like it's um, welcomed in by the page. You put it down on the page. And what ends up happening is what you see is that you're not just carrying the problem. You're also carrying the solution. Right. And you transcend the story that you came with. You know, that kind of a way. That's what happens every time. It's like I call the journal an oracle for, or sorry, a vehicle for all you know and an oracle for all you have yet to know. And the experience of it is um, so uh, the letter pod is doing the same thing for you. It's inviting you to be emotionally honest so that you can uh, transcend whatever the problem is. And it doesn't have to be a problem, but you, you tap into your own wisdom once mm -hmm. you once you kind of admit where you're at, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of a way. Mm -hmm. And my whole, um, you know, I, I've been a student of my own process now for for quite a while. So I kind of I have an understanding of how it works right. for me and things like that. So when I'm when I'm teaching a process, I'm not teaching you. I am teaching techniques. There are techniques and things like that. But I'm teaching you really how to have a relationship with the page. Right. And I'm teaching you an approach and I'm teaching you a way in how to get in there, what to do when you get in there and how to get out. Mm -hmm. and, and how to come out wiser than you went in. Yeah. And those are, pro I'm assuming that that's how you translate your, in your workshops to, um, yes, that's yeah. what happens. Yeah. It is yeah. a, it is a kind of, a, I'm, t I'm teaching you how to approach the page in a way that is becomes that it gives you that sense of containment. It receives you, it, you know, that you, yeah, it, it and also it's facilitating you to receive yourself. Right. Uh, you're going to get a deeper understanding. And also what you end up with, your pages reflect back to you. Um, you know, like what you know that you didn't know you knew coming to the yeah. page. Yeah. You know, so you'll surprise yourself. It's, it's quite prophetic. When you really get into it, you, you can say, oh my God, I'm, I'm a bit of a prophet. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you do know, you know, and it's, I don't mean to be just like all cliche, but <laughs> yeah. you, are, you are capable of knowing the answers are, or at least figuring it out. And for somebody like me who will outsource the shit out of that, it's really important that I practice. Yeah. And reinforce the fact that, no, I, I, can, I can figure this out. Um, I, I mentioned to you one day when we were talking um, about Peter Rollins, that your countryman. Did you look him up at all, or did you? I did, I did, and I booked, I booked the Holy Shift tour. I'm going, ah, you oh, did. Man. Well, he said that line that I wrote down. I think I might have, um, uh, said it here on the podcast, but yeah, listen to the prophet of your anxiety. And so when you just said your prophet, it made me think like it's telling oh, you something. 
I just know he said that. Yeah. Becker. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are soulmates. Um, listen to the prophet of your, even though he's kind of my boyfriend, Amanda, so back off. Um, <laughs> listen to the prophet of your anxiety. And that's kind of like when you're transferring all this stuff to the page, when I'm making art, when Sandra is using, I mean, she uses so many mediums, but her writing too, when Sandra writes, I just can, I love it so much that we're transferring kind of this thought this this feeling these these emotions and that some of them are like happily happy to be released right and other ones are harder to like kind of dig up and I imagine your process with the journaling I've watched when you write um I know that you write your morning pages right you do Julia Cameron's morning pages and then you go over them is that correct Amanda yeah I kind of do um I'm a little bit uh, more you know I I use that stream of consciousness technique but I don't necessarily practice sometimes I go into it and you know what I mean for a while but I don't practice it as prescribed by her so I don't I don't sit down every morning and write three long form um, mm-hmm. pages but but I do have like I have um, a variety of writing techniques do you know that kind of way stream of consciousness is one of them um, but yeah I um, Sorry, what was the question? No, just that you lay it all down. Consciousness, brain dump, list making. I I do the same thing, Amanda. It's externalizing. I have to get it out. Get it out out of me Mm -hmm. so that I can make room for something else. Jesus, you know, because the noise in my head, it's so funny. My sister or people who are not used to... (laughs) <laughs> not used to my me no um <laughs> i where i live is is you know it's very very quiet uh, i don't have children my husband is you know he works on the road so i'm on my own all the time um i have a cat and i have a dog i don't turn on the television i don't turn on the radio i listen to podcasts but most of the time my life is very very quiet now I don't really notice that because it's my normal but when somebody comes here who has children let's say and they've come down to stay with me from Dublin and they they arrive into the house they're like what like what is with the quietness (laughs) it's it's almost like they my sister and I would kind of say I like I couldn't live like this it would just freak her out with the the, the stillness of it but I don't hear the quietness because inside me the noise is outrageous right it never stops it never ends ever yeah I get that so I yeah so I have to get it out that's hence all the writing like half the time I don't know what I'm writing it's the, the physical action of removing energy it it moves it through and, and, but what I, I love, too, about what you when I watch you do these videos and when I watch you record your work, mm. they're your pages, they're your words, they're this foundation. So that's very symbolic. Yeah. And then you yeah. go over it. Then you yeah. start creating on top of those words. You transform. It's like layers. Yeah. yeah. So many layers. Yeah. You're transforming right before my eyes when I watch these yeah. videos. And I was like, that's like magic, Amanda. That is your superpower because it is... And it's and you're giving permission along the way because what I take from it, whether you say it to me directly or not, or to your viewer or your listener, it's like you can do this too. Like this, I'm showing you this is how it's done. This is a way. And when I took your online, um, I think it was your online creative retreat last year. 
um, because I'm very contained in my journals. I like a certain, you know, tidiness to it. It was very uncomfortable for me to initially to sign on and say, I'm going to do it this way. But once I started, there was just like this, this shift inside, inside my brain, inside my body. And it's like, I couldn't stop. I wanted to keep doing that because that felt Mm. very freeing. And I I imagine that is what you're teaching and what people who take your classes are probably like, yes, I've been looking for this. Thank you for giving me permission. That's what what it felt like you were doing. Absolutely. I I often find people, there's always the one person, at least at the workshop, who is chasing the pretty page, Mm. always. Mm -hmm. And she's she is falling over and and the frustration and the, the scrutiny and the the face is screwing up because she's chasing something, you know, and it, it always comes up where she's just like, Ugh, she's not enjoying it. And I'm, and now, and that the whole, like w- what has happened is she has gotten caught up in the outcome. So I would say to her, what are you doing? And she's like, I just, I, I just, you know, I, I, I'm blocked. There's something. And what she's doing is she's trying to create. She's, so she's trying to be arty and she's trying to create. Whereas I'd say to her, oh, how, how if, how about if like our only job today was to destroy that page? Mm-hmm. Like stop creating it on it and just start wrecking it. Like rip it. Just whatever is there, just wreck it. Wreck your page. And she's like, oh my God, what a relief. Like I can do that. Hmm. Yeah, you're a facilitator to that, right? You're helping her channel channel a part of her that would that that she represses probably very I don't say that I know her very well, but I'm imagining if I did. Yeah, or bring women out of this goddamn perfectionism that, you know, just holds holds some so many of us back. Yeah. Yeah, and also let go. Just like yeah. let, let go of the thing that's not working. It's, it, it, and funny, I say this, you know, I, I can do this so easy on the page, but I see how in my life there are other things, you know, like I have to, being a perpetual mover, like I'm moving all over the place and it's like I have to let go of every every few years I'm in this position of do I really need 23 glasses there's there's two of us do I need you know so it's like letting go just getting past that moment of saying you know no I six glasses I six will do and then letting go of the rest and there is this threshold and once you cross it, it's like, oh, what a relief. But coming up to it, it's like, oh, what if I let them go and then I need glasses tomorrow? And, you know, it's like holding on to something in case I need it mm-hmm. or holding on to something. Or, or again, it's like chasing the outcome because that's what's going to make me the artist. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, like my my Instagram stories when people are falling in love with Ireland around the place like it's it's because I'm showing you Ireland through my eyes that what you're seeing is beauty because I'm seeing beauty yeah you know like I, I don't know how I just made that leap from one thing to the other there but I can't remember no like, but what what you're saying is is yeah is very profound it, yeah the beauty is not necessarily what you produce it's it's the feeling of just like being alive in, you know, just or just the truth, right? It's just the truth. Well, process um, too, and how you're getting there seems yeah. for me because I like process so much, and I'm in my head. Yet I do yeah. doubt if I'm. I'm just thinking of this while you've been talking. Like, 
sometimes I worry that I'm overthinking everything and why do I have to make it so much or how do I, why does it have to be so heavy or why does it have to be so dark or why do I have to keep, you know, some of my friends, why do you still, you stop drinking? Why do you keep talking about it? Why do you still talk about it? Well, cause it's, it's there. It's part of me. It's interesting to me that I left myself for so long. You know, I yeah. drank for 20 years a little more than that, but I drank for 20. I've only not been drinking for three. So yeah, there's some shit to unpack. <laughs> um, but yeah. I kind of like that place, that kind of beautiful place. Um, I do have this desired outcome sometimes, oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what I'm working on now with the project that I'm on, you know, I told my teacher, oh, I fully, I had a dream of my fully realized painting. And she just started laughing at the beginning of the semester. She's like, oh, let me know how that works out. Yeah. <laughs> And it's been a ride ever since, but I'm really glad I said that even out loud to her because I know where I'm going to end up is not going to be the place where I started or what that dream was. And I kind of dig the unpacking and figuring it out. Um, And even, even if my work is not as, you know, messy or outside the lines, I have a feeling that will come the longer that I paint or the longer that I draw or the longer that I am creating. Like I'm going to, I'm going to get into what makes me tick. And I like the analysis of it. I like thinking about it. Yes. Yeah. I hear you. I, I, what, what I hear there is that you're saying I trust the process. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do, but I still struggle with it too. You know, that that's part of the process too. (laughs) I think, you know, you're like, um, I want to really trust myself. I want to trust that what's coming out of me is mine and not somebody else's and not influenced by somebody else. Sometimes I get too in my head about that or I can't look at Instagram or I can't look at other things because mm-hmm. um, I want it to be authentic, but yet I am inspired by so many, which is, I know that all artists are, you know, and it's what we do with that or how we interpret it and make it our own. Um, of course, like creativity yeah. doesn't happen, happen in a vacuum, you know, and, Mm-mm. you know, here's another thing as well that I, that I think is it is a thing is, you know, you're kind of saying, you know, there are people in your life saying, why are you still talking about that thing? You know, like, it's almost like they're all, the, the implied meaning to that is like, would you not just get over it? Right. Like, just, just get over it and get over yourself. Like, which if you look deeper again, the implied meaning of that is like, it's like as if you're wrong that your life matters to you. And, yeah. and mm. you're wrong that you're, you know, that you being at peace in your life matters to you. Like, it's like, you know, this kind of like people rolling their eyes when they think, oh, fuck, are you still on that bleeding journey? Like, you know, and saying, <laughs> yeah, you know, like just feeling like the, the uh, what you call it? Like, just, just like, a na- what's this navel gazing, they call it? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's no. why I find my people. I have to find my people to get Absolutely. me. Absolutely. <laughs> you totally have to, because, you know, yeah, there's, Yes, I am on the like my artist's name uh, is Pilgrim Soul. And I lifted that out of a poem. It's a W.B. Yeats poem. And I was like, oh, my somebody just like that's my archetype. Mm-hmm. You know, Pilgrim Soul. It's this like ongoing search for the essence of me, who I am at my, you know, who's the soul of me and that pilgrimage to find it. You know, it's. And for some reason, that matters. That matters to me. Yeah. It's, and, and I don't want to be wrong for that. No. Right. You know? 
I love that. I don't... For it. It's important yeah. work. Yeah, it's important work. So, no, I'm not going to just get over it. <laughs> right. But yeah, I might get over it a little bit. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it's it's the learn. It's I. It's this. It's this kind of unfolding. And I think when, um, like with any creative project, that we all have these things that we're doing. All three of us, right? And this, um, I was chatting with a, a gal the other day who was helping me with something, um, creatively, and she said this body of work you're doing, you could do this for 10 years mm. and you could really yeah. unpack this. And I, and I was like, at first I didn't know what to say. So I like took down a note cause we were on a, a Skype call and I took down a note. And then when I got off of there, I was thinking like, that would make me so happy. Actually, <laughs> that would like the, where this starts and where it could end and that excavation, like I would really look forward to that. But I think part yeah. of me initially was like, Oh, I'm going to do it for this. It's compartmentalized and then I'll move on. But she was like, it's so broad. There's so much for you to learn about yourself. And I thought, Oh, yeah. thank you for saying that. Thank you for like putting that in my head, you know? And I imagine, you know, go ahead. Go on. No, no, just, I imagine with your work and like with uh, Sandra's classes that she's about to release and the things that she's working on and how things are blooming, um, for all of us, like it, we don't know where it's going to go. And, and it's, I don't, I, for this Virgo and for this person who likes things, how they like it, that's really kind of, um, terrifying and absolutely thrilling at the same time. Yeah. And that's a pretty cool feeling when you're creating, yeah. like when you're in it. That's it. it. It really is aliveness, like, you know, mm. the richness of the interior landscape when you have one is like, oh, my God, well, who wouldn't want to be an explorer? Like, you know, cause I, I can go on a journey without even leaving my home. You know, like I don't have to go anywhere to go somewhere like I can just and I can just keep going. It's it's I can get lost in there. And I really the, the interior cosmos is fascinating to me. Um, and it can appear on the outside to be very self-indulgent. And I think sometimes when, when I'm unhealthy, um, it is more self-indulgent than it is self-fulfilling mm, right. uh, or whatever. You know, that kind of, it's a, right. it's a, it's a bit of a There's line. There's a difference, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a blurred line there sometimes. And I cross it often where I'm just like, um, you know, I forget that it's, I don't know. I just kind of like, um, I get frustrated in there, you know, and I get lost in there and, um, I get scared. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but there are people like, and, and also I'm learning from the Enneagram that this is a personality type because I would look at my husband. Um, there was one day he was sitting in the chair by the window and, um, I'm sitting on the sofa and I just realized I came to this awareness of, um, how loud, things were in my head you know I just became suddenly aware of the noise and I was looking at my husband and he had this he was just looking out the window you know and he looked to me through my lens I was like oh he's having a good think and I was I was like oh, I want to get in there and see you know like now <laughs> yeah like, now I want to get over there and like, you know give you something else another like a dog with a bone like, can I chew on on your mind as well please so um, he I just said to him, I looked and I said, what are you thinking about? You know, which is such an intrusive question when you think about it. But I was like, what are you <laughs> and he just looked at me and he was like, nothing. <laughs> and I just, I, it was almost like the face on me 
because I did not know where to start with that. I right, was... like that's a choice. You can actually think of nothing. God, it's not give me that. He's just like, nothing on my mind. And I'm like, do you think maybe there is and you just don't know? Like, I, so I'm looking now for what's wrong. Like, what, is it an awareness thing? Like I'm trying, like I'm going there. I can't just accept that that's possible and I realize now that you know he just my, my husband is just like he just he just doesn't go in there just doesn't go in there you know he's just here and that's it you know it's like no interest and it's not that he doesn't have the capacity it's not that he doesn't have it's just it's not a habit he doesn't yeah. have the mental habit yeah. of putting his bleeding explorer boots on and being like, okay, honey, see it. Like, you know, sometime I'm just going down to the depths of my soul again. Bye. <laughs> you know, you can do that. Well, it's, it's like, I don't, I have a very quiet husband as well. And, and kind of not that he doesn't think about anything. That's, that's not what I'm saying either, but it's, it, there's a different way. And I think the self-examination that I do as a woman um, as a person just is so not in what he would, that does not, would not satisfy him. I don't think, I don't think, um, I don't know what he would think about that. Right. (laughs) I mean, he's gotta be married to me. So (laughs) yeah. My, my, thank God we're not the same. Can you, can you imagine now we were both like pilgrim souls? Oh my God. No. Yeah. And my mother's, my mother says it to me sometimes. She's like, I'm just not that deep. And I'm like, you know, I, I, now I'm jealous. <laughs> but, but I'm also not because it's... Right. Well, it's, we wouldn't have our... We may not have our art with it, without that. No, you wouldn't. And do you know what else you wouldn't have? And I learned this at 19 when my family moved to America um, as a family. Sorry, we all moved to America as a family. I was 18. And uh, I was completely... It was such an amputation for me. But I... I had my creativity. I had my inner life. Do you know that kind of a way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It came with You'll you. You'll never yeah. be yeah. alone, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, you and have a really, great. you have a really creative family. I mean, your sister, mm-hmm. um, she, does she run an, uh, a, a, a company, like a, a theater company? Yeah. My sister is a, a, she runs a drama school over there in, in Milton in, in Massachusetts, which is a um, melodrama kids. She's a. <laughs> her name's Mel. Yeah, her name's yeah. Mel. So she, uh, her school's name is Melodrama, <clears throat> which That's um, brilliant. It is. <laughs> so she has, um, she has her work cut out for, and but that's my sister. You know, my sister is, you know, an actress, and she's all, um, she's all kids under her wing. She's brilliant. She does a brilliant job, and my, um, yeah. So we're we're all creating in some way. You know, we all we're all self-employed and we're all figuring it out. You know, that kind of way we're all in, mm-hmm. in, in the, in the business of, of, uh, self-expression on some level or other, or, you know, you were born, you were born with it. Yeah. Born into it. Yeah. 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 We, yeah, definitely. Oh. I have a question. So you call your workshops, your raw workshops is raw an acronym for something, or is that just like, I mean, because they are, the art is raw, it is yeah. raw expression, it's a descriptive word for sure of well, what's happening. Well, 
where it came yeah what what was happening was um the, the name was actually given to me because i was like oh i'd love to do a workshop what will i call it and then it was one of those like it's the, what you're looking for is right under your nose because everyone all the feedback on my art that i post it's like oh that's so raw that's so raw that's so raw <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe i'll just call it raw right right yeah uh, but yeah. it does work. It, yeah. So it represents a When I thought about it, then it has a couple of meanings. So it is um, raw. You know, it is representative of the emotional honesty, like I said, that is necessary or that that I bring to the page and that I teach you to bring to the page. It also represents my process in that the way I make art is really, really simple, like more simple than you would realize. Um it's the process is um, like raw stands also for the raw materials. So I call this kind of art, it's art that makes itself because the process com is composed of all these little practices. Like you're making art at all times and it's just you have to become if you understand like it's a system and it's um, it's uh, it's it's there and it's ready. So by the time you sit down at your journals, all you're doing is putting the elements together. The, the elements are happening um, away from the table. You know, that kind of a way, like all the different mm -hmm. little practices. Uh, if you become a good collector, you know, it's just an integration. That's what it is. It's just a, a ton of practices. A lot of what it's, it's a lot of what you're already doing. And it's using a lot of what you already have. It's minimal supplies. Um, and it is very you know, very quick and very easy. And it's like, by the time you, like I said, by the time you sit down at your table, like it, it, the art will make itself. It's the only way I can mm -hmm. put it. It's because you, you have been tending to all these different components of it all the time, all the way, all, sorry, all along. And it's just a matter, a matter of putting them together. Well, when I, when I did that online retreat with you, um, yeah. What what I did afterwards, and so what you're saying right now, it's like ding, ding, ding for me. Um, it was now that when I look at a magazine or a periodical or something that I have in my hands, I am culling what I want to pull out of that thing yeah. to clip and save. So I have this... Um, kind of zippered stash. bag yeah it's my stash and that was because of you numbers letters fonts birds um, animals whatever it might be nature photos whatever resonates with me in when I'm looking at an image now I look at it differently since I did that online retreat with you because that is the stuff that you're going to make with, right? That is that is what you're going to pull in that you're automatically, it is, even though somebody else has made it and photographed this or put it in a different, you know, form, you're going to kind of um, co-op that. You're going to say, I'm going to borrow you and bring you into my world and create something with you too. Yes. And I loved think it. About, yeah. Think about words. Like if a writer had to make up words to write a book, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> Right. You're using words that are already in existence. You're just putting them together your way, you know, to say your thing. Oh, I like that. I like yeah, that. So it's, it's the same process. There's so many people approaching the page thinking they have to reinvent the wheel. Well, and that makes it so accessible to everyone, to even people that think that they aren't creative. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. 
And when I when I hear somebody and funny what you said there, Tammy, is I've heard that so much from people who took my workshop, you know, both online and, and last year in person. There was there was one woman she uh, emailed me from her doctor's office to say that she has just spent the last five minutes trying to silently tear the page of the magazine in the <laughs> you know. <laughs> Totally. Like, oh, I can't leave that image behind. <laughs> You're right. So you, become, you become invested in your stash and the art will make itself. So yeah. you let go of this need or this belief or this subconscious idea that you have to come up with something. I hear that that phrase a lot. You know, I just like I wouldn't know how to come up with something. And I say you don't have to come up with something. You just collect some collect things and then yeah. arrange them in a certain way isn't that like that's what you do when you're writing like yeah. nobody nobody can copyright the dictionary right, right. That, that is such a beautiful way to look at it too very mm-hmm. accessible yeah um i think that's very what your work accessible. what your work does for me it just it seems accessible i i am curious i want to ask this question um um you use some really beautiful women in some of your work do you ever does it ever cross your mind that like the photographer or someone might say that's my image or, you know what I mean? Like when you use, mm-hmm. do you ever, does that yeah. ever cross your mind or are you like, F it, I don't care. It's mine now. Or like, what, how do you think uh, about it that? It depends. Yeah. Well, I, it, you know, for, for, if you were selling artwork, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. there are definitely, you know, you, you can't just take somebody else's image, slap it into your artwork and then sell your artwork. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not. But uh, generally what I do is um, I just I change something about it. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of the time when I'm working in my journal, it's for my own. My journaling is for my own personal use. Right. So, um, you know, I'm not I'm not selling the journal or I'm not selling the pieces, but also um the way around that is to just change up the imagery. Like I have one of my, uh, like I might paint over some of the image or I'll put, you know, glasses on her or I'll cut her eyes out and put, you know, right. two apples in, you know, that kind of a way. Or like I have one, um, one of my images is a photograph of, um, uh, and I'm always, I, I just say to people, who is that? Nobody can tell, like nobody knows who it is because I cut their head off and I put the head <laughs> of a leopard on top. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. You know that kind of way. So like. Okay. So you find you find a way to 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 make it your own, and I don't. Know, I just think about that yeah. not just with your work, but I, I follow a, a collage artist named Krista David, and I she has the most beautiful images, and I see her cutting all the time. You know, she shares a lot in her stories, and um, I like watching her. She's a painter as well, but I'm always curious when she's mounting these images, you know, and putting them in a show. And I was just thinking, like, I wonder how. I just wonder how that worked, you know, and if, if, um, I don't imagine anybody's bothered by it, but maybe, I don't know. Oh, there would be. Oh, there would be. Yeah. You yeah. have to, you know, you have yeah. to. Yeah. Photographers you know. do the same thing though. If they take, you know, photos of other people's art or even graffiti sign, you know, signs out, gotcha. outside in the environment, it's the same kind of thing. Um, that photographer has then translated their art into, you know, another person's art into their art. And so it's just, it's more of a lens. Yeah. If you look it up, 
if you kind of go in and do a little research, you see that there is no clear line. Uh-huh. Yeah, there uh, isn't really. Yeah. Yeah, but I think I think you would know yourself because if you you know the way you'd think to yourself, I don't think I'd get away with that. You know. Right. It doesn't feel like you're in integrity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah I just I'm just just curious about that. Someone recently used some art that I did and didn't give me any credit, and I was like, hmm. I want. It just got me thinking, and I was like, huh. I wonder. I wonder where that line is and how we, and how we do it. Very, I mean, two different things, I think, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that, I've done that. That would be annoying, you know, because that, that's a thing. Like you have to kind of, you kind of have to do something about that in a way, because the person might be doing it is purely innocent. Mm-hmm. Pure right. Innocent. They need some education. Yeah. Because, <laughs> right. you know, it's. No, you just I, need a little a education. Yeah. And that's a nightmare for me to, to think that I would have to approach somebody but it, it can be done and if it's done kindly well that person you're doing them a favor because you know you're just tapping them on the shoulder and saying come here listen it's a thing that uh yeah rather than them you know someday selling uh you know finding nemo on their artwork <laughs> and disney coming after them you know that kind of like, better, better tammy than disney right exactly <laughs> <laughs> well um yeah i was this this january when i was cleaning out my studio i think i you saw that i was donating all the national geographics and you're like oh you're killing me like i wish i lived oh, right there yeah. Yeah. Oh, let me send my plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now I kind of want some of those back. So that is a little bit of a regret of something I purged, Amanda, that I want it, that I want oh. back. <laughs> uh, oh, now you yeah. got me all inspired. I want to put some things on people's heads. I want to take off their heads and put mm-hmm. some flowers or something. Like, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready. Um, so let's see. I was, I'm, now I'm all, I'm, I'm just lost in conversation. I'm not even looking at my notes. Um. Is there anywhere we wanted to go here? Let's see. Are I just you... have one question yeah. for you, Amanda. I love your walking uh, Instagram yeah. stories where you're taking your walks. I, I know what walking does for me. You know, it's more than just to affect my appearance, my physical body. I was just curious if, if it has, um, you know, if, if your walks have other meanings for you besides mm-hmm. just exercise. Um. Well, do you know, um, I just started that this year and it has become a thing. I've always like of all the exercises, walking has kind of always been the one for me, you know, that kind of a way. And mm-hmm. um, but because of my history, I always kind of like put the expectation on the walk of like, you know, OK, I'll do you. But only if I get two pounds off at the end of the week, you know, that kind uh-huh. of, I had that. I had that uh, condition with it. So I ruined it and I never uh, so I just this uh, let me see two months ago whenever it was I was just sitting on the sofa here and I just said to Terry because uh, I, I was I was trying to get a regular walk in but I just wasn't doing it so what really works for me always is accountability so I just turned mm-hmm. to Terry and I and I said fuck oh, sorry I just said fuck no. it, I'm, I'm putting it out there I'm just going to tell everybody I'm walking every day for 30 days <laughs> And I had it posted within like five minutes. I had made my declaration and that just kind of got me going. So I've been walking every day and I have been walking for a different reason than ever before. And I'm not sure that I can articulate it fully, but it's kind of like the same reason I gave up drinking last year. It's like it's out of desperation because, you know, I'm I'm still struggling with with it's just struggling, you know, Um I last year I stopped drinking because I was afraid to drink on top of 
the way I was feeling. Right. You know? It's quite depressed, you know. So um, I still am dealing with that. And um, so the walk and what has happened now every day, it's almost like my touchstone. Mm-hmm. Every day, it's it's. I can't even describe what it's doing for me, but it's. Um, it shifts you mentally, doesn't it? Yeah, it's. It's just, just for me. Yeah, so it's now it's a you know it's kind of like a lifeline in a way you know like if I I now I'm afraid to not that I'm afraid to stop walking but I need it. Yeah. I need it. Um, but also from you know so there's the walker me, but also the artist me is really enjoying it because you know I'm I'm inspired by you know by taking your environment little, yeah yeah and I'm taking my little films and I don't know I just I like the rhythm of it Sandra yeah yeah um, I, I thought I did it so I saw somewhere just before we came on mine it's you know somebody thanking what was it they were grateful for the gift of desperation and yeah. I thought yeah me too mm-hmm. well that, yeah. that, I'm going to ask you this, and, and I probably should have asked you at the top of the show, um, but I liked where we were going with everything. But when you stopped drinking, I mean, I know it was, it was another layer of your recovery, but I know that um, that you've shared some things with me about, you know, you, ex, you're experimenting going to um, the rooms. Mm. Are you averse to going or are you are you done with that? Oh, um, is that too much? <laughs> no, it's not too much. Um, I did try, uh, you know, I've gone to a couple of meetings and because um, your story was great about the meeting that you told me that you went to. I just I think our listeners would appreciate, you know, if you feel yeah. inclined to share that. So, yeah. So I went to uh, a meeting. I think it was my second time. Yeah. So my first time I went to the meeting, I went in there and it was, you know, um, people were, you know, it's my first time. So I had no idea what to expect. And um there was a an old timer guy there and on, on the first meeting he was like I just want to take a second to welcome new members and you know nodding in my direction and you're very welcome here and well done and keep coming back and blah 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 and all this and I was like oh that's lovely everybody's so nice <laughs> you know and here's me like thinking I'm at Girl Scouts you know that kind of a way like <laughs> uh something about so I went away and I was like, that's lovely. And then I came back and on my second um, meeting, I, was, I wasn't I was having a good day. I was just like real. I, I was up to 90 with my anxiety. So I thought of Tammy and <laughs> I brought my, you know, I had my uh, journal with me and I had a pen. So I said, I'm just going to be like Tammy and I'm going to sit in the meeting and I'm going to doodle. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there doodling away. And next thing, same guy, same old timer guy is like, yeah, just want to um, make an announcement uh, that, and this is in the middle of a scene, you know, my name is whatever, and I'm an alcoholic, and I just want to let the people here know that there are no notes to allow to be, you know, we're not allowed to take any notes um, <laughs> in this classroom. And I know he's talking about me, so, and I'm kind of like just putting the pen down on my paper, but then he turned to me and he said, so if you wouldn't mind putting the pen away. Wow. And he confronted me in the meeting. That, I've never seen that <laughs> Right, and it just, I have to stop for a second. Anybody's listening, like, that is not okay. That is not done. There's no rules. There's no rules. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God, wrong fucking day, lad. Like, <laughs> no. You know? 
no, that's not. Nope, nope. So I just was sitting there and I could feel, you know, that you know that moment where there are all this range of options that you have and one of them includes violence. And it's like, <laughs> what will I do? So I decided in the moment, I said, well, do you know what? I'll just leave, though. And yeah, I walked out the door and I slammed the door. Yeah, and I went down the stairs and after me, somebody ran after me going, yeah, get out of here, you student. And, and started, uh, hurling abuse at me down the stairs. That's amazing. So I was just like, just keep going. Wow. Yeah, because I was ready for a fight. You know, that kind of way I said, if I turn around, if I even identify who that is shouting at me, I will kill them. And so I just kept going. And when I got out onto the street, I was, you know, that like jelly legs. Yes. And I was out on the street. Yeah, so I was out on the street and I was like, what What just happened there? What? I can't, no, he's not. And then I was like, no, he's not getting away with it. And and I'm not going to be put out of that room. And blah, blah, blah. So I marched back upstairs. I went back into the room, which took enormous courage because I was mortified. Yeah. Um, I, I sat back down in the chair and uh, when there was a gap, <laughs> when there was a silent <laughs> moment, I just said, you know... Okay, I'm back. I apologize for storming out and leaving. But let me tell you, I'm not a child. You are not whatever, you know. Oh, yeah, I said to him, I wasn't here taking notes. You know, I'm not a... And he said, oh, I thought you were a journalist. I said, no, I'm not a journalist. You're not that important. None of you are that interesting. Not because I want to be. I'm here for the same reason that the rest of you are here and I'm not a child mm-hmm. and don't ever talk to me like that again. And there was like, you know, I hope there was applause. <laughs> no, it was, you know, there was a bit of a, the, the, I don't know if there was chair, the person who's chairing the meeting was just like, you know, I'm sorry that happened. Yeah. Shouldn't have happened. And I was just there. Yeah. Well, if there's rules, put them up. Right. Yeah. You know, cause there's not, how am I supposed to know? Yeah. yeah, but your man was just like, what I realized afterwards was this guy, the week before, he basically did the same thing the week before, only it was, you know, like, um, obviously this guy, being an old timer, felt in some position of authority. And right. I, I was, you know, the way afterwards you'd be like, here's what I wish I would have said. Right. What I oh, wish sure. I, I, I wish I could have just said, I'm sorry, who are you? Right. And, <laughs> and your title is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Sorry, what are you, chief, chief alcoholic? <laughs> <laughs> well, what I love about this story, Amanda, and the reason I mean I'm laughing because I mean I'm sure it was not easy for you to do that, but what you did was kind of like that. You were doing quote unquote the program. You were speaking your mind. You were standing up for yourself. You were saying, "No one's going to treat me like this." That is kind of what I learned how to do in there. And you kind of had this like really quick explosive, like, like, like just right away, you had that experience where I've been slowly getting this experience over time. You had it all crystallized in like this one meeting. And I was like, that's brilliant. I mean, hard, embarrassing, probably, but you, you came back and were like, no, I loved it. I love when you told me that I was like, it is that is so graceful actually the way you handled that because that that's not that's not a rule it's not a thing 
And I think that's how people stop going to meetings or stop going to places because one person. Why wouldn't you? Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm so proud of you. I never went back. (laughs) No, I I still haven't gone back, you know? Oh, well, I'm proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You always have a seat and you can bring a notebook. You can do whatever you want. (laughs) Who are you? What's your title? I'm my choice. Yeah, not that right. Yeah, sorry, boss. Uh, Yeah, that was. Amy Dresner said she would want to be queen of the alcoholics. (laughs) Who who wants that title? Uh, You know, I really was proud of that moment because I was like, you know what? I'm not a journalist, and second of all, none of you are that interesting. I love it. I love it. I've said a very watered down version of that to one person. That's as brave as I've gotten, but basically the same sentiment. Like I'm not listening to what you're saying because I, I meditate when you share because I have a hard time with that person. But that you said probably exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> but you know but, what, Tammy, as well, right? Um, the week before when the same man called me out as a newcomer was the same thing, if mm, you think about it. Yeah, no, you're right. Because that's for you to do. You know what I mean? Like control. He was just a control freak. Yeah. Because whatever it is, he just that kind of dominant, you know, this is my place because I'm here every Wednesday at one o'clock and I never miss it religiously. You know, it's like I own now. It's my club kind of thing. I don't know what it is, but it's like I didn't see a week before that when he kind of like made me feel really welcome and all that. Do you see how it went over my head? I was like. I let him have that authority then as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. I should have really said to him, I don't need you to welcome me here. Right. Because what if you, off. What if you had been from that. the United States? What if you had been just visiting a meeting and you weren't quote unquote new? He, he was making a lot of assumptions. And that's the other thing that in the rooms we get to identify ourselves. That's why we don't cross talk. That's why we say when we're new. Some people are new that don't say they're new because they're not ready to say it. But to have someone else say it, you're right. What he did there was that this is a very similar thing of what he did the second time he went. Um, I just like how you handle yourself. I like how you handle yourself in general, Amanda. I'm just very impressed with the work you do, how open you are, and how you let others, um, you know, see that kind of rawness with you and that beauty. And um, it's just a gift, an absolute gift. It's beautiful to witness. Yeah, I feel very lucky that that we've that I found you through Tammy because I oh, I just I just adore you yeah well yeah, we're, we're getting famous stroke for you too mm, that's like a love fest we're having a love fest today I was so excited to talk to you you are you, you are doing very very important work like I said to you Tammy like when when last year when the moment came last year and in, in that kind of you know in my gift of desperation I didn't have the added burden of saying how do I do this because I was already connected to you mm. and I was listening and for me to say okay I'm done with the drinking all yeah. I have to do is keep listening I didn't have to mm. spin off the my axis you know so it's really important work that you're doing thank you I think um we're very proud of the podcast and we're very proud of like um for me I, I won't speak for Sandra but for my 12th step it is to spread the message and I do feel like this podcast is a version of spreading the message so that especially for people who aren't ready to quit drinking yet, that are just kind of thinking about it. I mean, this is like things like this would tether me 
in early sobriety or, you know, the, the months before I quit drinking, I was seeking out what, what are people saying? How are these people talking about this out loud when I can't even... Would- or Say what it. does that kind of life look like? Yeah. yeah. I was just, yeah, yeah, I was very intrigued. Yeah. And, and also, I don't have to keep going until I actually am in prison. Right. Or homeless. Or suicidal or, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of like I can, I can question it even when I don't look like the stereotypical Correct. alcoholic. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, like normalizing this and and also the, the the label alcoholic like whatever but it's just you know to, for it to be like yeah you just i don't have to minimize this any like i don't have to minimize it anymore i'm not happy that's enough yeah that's enough reason yeah. i'm just happy i think i think about the word alcoholic now with just a lower case you know it's just like it's just a word that helps me identify things quickly and succinctly I don't have to make it the capital A you know to be that that's what I am or defined by um it's just a word that helps me describe things um but so so we're to the end and I know we could talk to you for another hour I'm sure I hope our um um, I hope our listeners are as in love with you as we are I'm sure they will be but we want to get to our one of our favorite parts of the podcast is sharing um three things from our unruffled toolbox yeah and so those things, I think yeah. you know this part of the show, that things that help you, that keep you calm, keep you, you know, not agitated, things that you pull out to help you kind of get through. Um, so would you mind sharing those three? Yes, and uh, we've already spoken about two of them. So one of them is journaling. Yeah. Yeah. Which is my, you know, that is my my, my anchor. Uh, the walking every day. Mm-hmm. That has become, that has become a, um, a very important part of my day. And the, the third thing is bath, uh, the bath. Mm. So oh, yeah. soaking in the bath and making an occasion of it, you know. So I have my bathroom lovely and um, I have essential oils and I have a big five kilogram bag of Epsom salts and I have, you know, nice. everything to hand. Yeah, so I really enjoy the uh, the bathing. That, that has become a thing. Uh, I like that. Is it like a nightly ritual? Or a morning or a night or when do you do that? Well, it would be night. Oh, it would be nighttime because I like a hot bath. If I got into the bath in the morning, it would be game over. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it does. It kind of relaxes you to the point where you might need a nap. Yeah. <laughs> it's very relaxing. And it's, yeah. And it kind of gets me because I'm, you know, the way I work is, is almost like, um, there's, you know, there's an excellent channel on YouTube. It's called How to ADHD. Have you ever heard of it? No. What is it? How how to ADHD? How to ADHD. Okay. So attention hyper. I don't know what you call what that stands for. That yeah, you know, that yeah. attention, attention deficit, deficit. Hyper, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now again, another label. I I don't you know I I I don't I'm not diagnosed as that or anything like that. But basically, she um if you think of it in terms of you know just nonlinear brains, you know, so she's mm-hmm. like she starts every video with hey brains, and um her videos are really short. They're nine minutes or whatever or even shorter. But she she has helped me understand my brain a lot because I'm not a linear thinker. And it's like one of the things I do is and. You know that, well, I don't know if it is a saying or if I made it up. I still don't know. But anyway, how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah. So 
I'm a binge drinker. I'm a binge. Well, I was a binge drinker, binge eater, binge worker. Everything I do is this binge thing, right? And I can relate I've to that. Yeah. Yes. Well, here's what I learned from her, from this channel, is that this kind of brain that I have doesn't have an exit strategy. So when I go into something, I go so deep that I can't get out. Now that kind of a way, it's almost like it's hard to get out or else I, when I go in, I go all at it. And, and that is kind of, that contributes to procrastination because you're kind of saying to us, you're on some level, you know, oh God, once I start this project, that's it. Nothing else happens. I'm not going to eat. I'm not mm-hmm. going to sleep. I, you know, it's like burning the midnight oil. So you, that's why starting anything can be a bit difficult because you know that you're going to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can totally relate to you're what you're gonna, talking about here. Yeah, totally fixate and binge on the thing. So uh, my bats have helped with that because what's happening is I am generally I will binge on my work until I'm almost sore or I'm frustrated or something like that. And when I know that I can just finish this one thing and then go and have a bath. Yeah, it's just like, it's a reward. It's it's a lovely reward. It's a better reward than cheesecake or a bottle of wine. Put it that sure. way because it's sure. not going to hurt me. Right, right. Okay. Tell me what's the name of her YouTube um, again. I'm very curious how, about this. It's How to ADHD. How to ADHD. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna look so for she that. talks about things like, you know, time management and procrastination and, and you know, like uh, habits. Of why, why, yeah, why we struggle with that kind of stuff. And it makes a lot of sense. Wow, Check it I'm out. so going to look this up. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to look it up later. That's my procrastination at play. I'm going to do that later. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you're like, if I look that up, I'm going to end up, you know, getting a degree. Right. Right. Exactly. right. I'm never going to finish what's all around me today. Um, well, Amanda, can you share, um, as we kind of close out the show here, where people can find you, any offerings that you have right now, workshops coming up, your website, how people can connect? Okay, well, I'm most active on Instagram, and on Instagram, I'm Amanda J. Grace. And um, at the moment, I'm doing, as, as are you, the 100 Days project. So um, at the moment, I'm doing 100 Days of Raw. So I'm going to be mm. sharing parts of my process throughout these 100 days. And, and also, it's like uh, part of the process it's a reflect and then I'm giving you a prompt to go with it so I'm again I'm doing the inviting you I'm inviting you in I'm inviting you into the process and understanding of the process that you know it's happening all the time if you if you do it so um, that's what's going on on Instagram you can follow me on the 100 days uh, or on my 100 days of raw journey and I will be delivering that weekly as well um, in a an email you can get it you can subscribe for a kind of like a roundup, a weekly roundup of what the the creative prompts and inspiration were. Um, that's all through Instagram. And then I have a couple of online things happening. I'm in, um, there's a free online workshop happening between the 23rd of April and the 4th of May, and that's called Sketchbook Revival. Um, and that's gonna be really cool. My lesson for that was actually very cool. Um, my lesson is called The Art of Chaos. Hmm. And basically, I, uh, it's all about scribbles. Love it. Yeah, scribble is my favorite thing to do. So it's about, you know, creating scribbly pages. Um, and then I'm going to be in the creative retreat again this year, Tammy. That's another free offering. 
creative retreat. And so sketchbook revival, is it just sketchbookrevival.com or is that if people can just Google it? If you go to, again, go to my Instagram and I'm going to have the link. Yeah. So all my links to everything on Instagram is the best place to go. My website, you could go there, but Instagram is kind of where all the signposting is happening. Yeah. 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 So go there. And then towards the, in the summer, I am going to bring my raw process online and developing a program. Exciting. I can't wait for that. I can't wait. That's going to be really good. Yeah. Um, and you have your own community. I know we didn't touch on this, but you have your own community on Facebook. Is that something you're continuing for your pilgrim souls? Yes, I'm okay. building a cult. <laughs> <laughs> so are we. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I've I've eliminated the news feed because I just can't cope. So I'm I'm just like selecting my you know, it's like selective world and right. um, I have yeah, like yourselves, I have a Facebook group it's called Pilgrims on Deck. And um, in there, actually, there's an accountability thread for the Walk Every Day challenges. So you can come in and, you know, you can you can join the challenge. You put an X down every day you walk. And on a day that you don't walk, you put a love heart in there. Hmm. Nice. So, so give yourself a bit of love and kindness because last month I missed a few walks and I gave myself shit. So that was, I, I stopped doing that. <laughs> well, yeah. good. And then so, your website. My website is amandagrace.ie. Okay. I-E. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Amanda. I'm so yes. happy that you are in so my life. Rich. Yeah. So rich. So good. Yeah. Oh, it was such a pleasure. And it's, um, I am so happy. And I have, like, I have, you know, these are, these are brilliant. And um, yeah. I feel very, I feel very connected to you and very grateful for you. And I do plan on um, inviting myself into your lives, you know, so like this crazy, you know, there's there's an Irish person over here hatching her plans. (laughs) (laughs) I'm already hatching my plan to Ireland. Don't worry. We need to talk. Yeah, let's. We we are are (laughs) going to all meet. (laughs) I love it. Our world tour. Each other for sure. I. Yeah, I'm going to put out a call. I am to to bring the you know to bring the pilgrims home a pilgrimage, obviously you know to, yeah. to Ireland and incorporate all the things you know. Show you, show you the beauty here, and and we'll walk it and we'll make art. Mm, I would love that. I would love that. Well, you're welcome here anytime, back. Amanda. I have a little tiny house, and you are more than welcome in it. And um, the invitation is always open. Ah, uh, brilliant. Well, I will definitely take you up on that, and uh, you may be sorry, but. <laughs> all right have a beautiful it's night where you are you have a beautiful night thank you very much and i love you both and thanks so much love you bye amanda okay Bye. bye the unruffled podcast was created and produced by sandra primo and tammy solace our show is edited and mixed by steve hecht original music composed and performed by caitlin schumacher Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening.